0: This episode of Half Measures is brought to you by Mission Log, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. Hi, I'm John Champion, co-host of Mission Log. While Daniel and Paul are doing a bang-up job covering the wide world of pop culture, we're talking Star Trek, one episode at a time, over at Mission Log, looking for morals, meanings, and messages. In fact, there are a whole lot of other shows at podcast.roddenberry.com for you to choose from science, feminism, even daily news, and all stops in between. Boldly go and find us when you're done here, of course. Again, that address is podcasts.roddenberry.com, and we will be delighted to have you track us out.
1: Welcome back to a, another episode of Half Measures, and I'm Daniel White, and I'm joined by my co-host Paul Kanawa. How you going, Paul?
0: Pretty good, Dan. Pretty good. Level two in New Zealand. Pretty much, we're back to normal now. It's weird, right? Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. It's our first week of level two. We've got a, a few more restrictions have been lifted up. We can. We're no longer in our bubbles or locked down in our homes. We can we can move about. A few safety precautions, but in general, the it's
0: a, it's a shift in focus to the economy. Feels weird to go back to what is normal, and for it to not feel normal. It's very odd. It's almost uh, like I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do it gradually. I'm gonna step by step. I just, yeah, just just seeing the pictures online today of people queuing up outside Kmart and around the block, and you know, people I know meeting yeah. up with other people. You know, I haven't seen these these two. People together before for so long, it seems like it's a perfectly normal thing to do, it just feels weird.
1: I agree. I, I've it's been myself and my um fiance and my bubble, um, and the only person who's come into our bubble was we and a, an electrician who came to fix something for us. Other than that, all of my interactions have been online. Um, <laughs> that sounds a bit funny, doesn't it? But um, <clears throat> yeah, it, it feels like I'm finally going to, I guess, start seen some some people from from the old days over the the coming days and it's going to be weird to have human interaction again
0: yeah that's going to have to be a gradual process um and yeah I, I don't know if i want to move away from online shopping you know having the parcels arrive it's just preferable to having it's really to, to go outside save yeah. so much money on petrol
1: <laughs> but spend so me. much on the credit to catch on, so, it really so is. um, so Paul, as tradition dictates, what have you been watching lately?
0: Well, uh, we watched a movie uh, a few days ago, which I kind of just like you said about the the watch list It's been on the watch list for a while, and we just never got around to. I never felt quite in the mood for it, and it was because I never expected it to work as a movie. And this is Danton Abbey, the movie. Um, and it really surprised me, um, and I enjoyed it a lot more than I expected. Um, and I think what I mean by that is I really enjoyed the TV show. Um, in fact, it probably served as a lesson for me in terms of what life during that time might be like um, for people of the stature of a lord and lady and the people that serve them. But I didn't think that it would translate well to the to the big screen as a movie, um, but but what actually happened was was really quite surprising. I don't think, in terms of recommendations, I don't think you necessarily needed to watch the TV show to be able to enjoy it. Um, I think if you have watched the TV show, you'll appreciate it more. We, we often say that about a number of things, I guess, but it's certainly, you can watch it as a standalone. Um, there's a lot more bigger shots and sweeping views of the the Downton Abbey house. Um, the costumes were, were much richer. The music was orchestrally ramped up what have you um and all the scenes the vehicles the sets and all that were a lot more luxurious um it kind of reminded me of how um in the movie star trek generations how the the enterprise looked a little bit more plushed up than it did in the tv series i mean as a star trek fan i know you get what i mean right uh so that was that was good i thought the the story was good i thought it was a little contrived um but essentially it, It revolves around how this house survives with a visit from King George V and all of his family. But it was a a really satisfying movie, great dialogue. And uh, Maggie Smith, who plays uh, the the Dowager Countess, is just brilliant. She has so many cutting lines. I just wish I could remember them when I'm at work and actually use them in the workplace more because she really cuts people down to size and that's really satisfying. So, uh, So yeah, that was the... I think the only movie I've watched since we last caught up.
1: It's um Downtown Abbey is a uh, downtown Downton? I feel like I'm probably saying that wrong.
0: No, not downtown.
1: Not, not downtown Abbey. Downtown. <laughs> um I I've watched like I feel like I have watched quite a bit of that T V series a long time ago. I I broke my leg once and I was stuck at home and I ended up sort of like binging quite quite a bit of it and I quite enjoyed it. But it's been I, I don't think I ever finished it. Um, but I feel like it's probably a, a series I could maybe go back to one day. Um, and I feel like if I did, that's probably where the movie would fit in for me. I can't imagine myself just jumping into a, a Downton Abbey movie.
0: Yeah. Look, uh, the way they sort of – they they use the names of the characters quite a lot more than they would if it was just a regular episode of the television series mm. just in, in, so that they can introduce it to a new audience um, – but yeah, it, it it was a nice uh, a nice movie to watch. Um, the other thing we've uh, started up uh, is season six of Bosch. So I know you've started uh, watching watching Bosch, and so we yeah you know, we really enjoyed the five seasons previously. It was one of those shows that made my top ten list for last year and the very first podcast we did. So I've been looking forward to season six it's a show I highly recommend to anyone and it's a season that I definitely recommend as well. Um, and what I'd come to, to love about this show and coming back to it after so long is, is how well crafted the story is, the plot. It's so, it's so intricately written. It's so, it's complicated, but in a good way. And so there's the, there's lots of moving parts that come together well. So this, for anyone who who hasn't watched it is basically an LA cop who's got, you know, his 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 daughter living with him uh and yeah he's when i whenever i describe this show to people i never make it sound like a great tv show i would never be a salesperson just based on the plot it's you know a disgruntled cop he's you know he doesn't take any crap from anyone he speaks his mind he has all these weird dynamics and things so it's just one of those shows that i think if you watch the first couple of episodes you'll know if it's for you um and what I love about it, besides, you know, this this awesome cast that they've got, is that it doesn't rely on action. So I really and I think you touched on this when you were comparing it. I think you just watched um Bad Boys, and then you jumped into Bosch and you were sort of talking about how it's it's so methodical, it's so slow, it's so deliberate. Um, and it, it really does bring that reality to it. Um, it shows you scenes that at first you think, why am I even looking at this? And then later on, it all becomes really clear as to how those things fit together. And then so because it's sparing with the action, when you do have an action scene, it's really intense and, and adrenaline-fueled and you really appreciate the ten, the change of pace. Um, so, yeah, so that's been been really, really good um we're about halfway through that no probably just over halfway so we'll probably be finished up on that soon have you have you finished the season yet or are you still halfway
1: uh no we've we've got a little bit distracted um but we do need to go back to it but i think to your point um throughout the entire lockdown um we've been pretty addicted to a, a video game called animal crossing on the nintendo switch and occasionally with different tv shows um we find we can kind of because you can play the switch handheld we can play and watch things at the same time but Bosch, to your point is not a show that you can multitask with it's a type of show where i think you know to your point where there's lots of sort of intricate detail lots of small things are happening and if you kind of even though it's kind of slow paced but in a in a good way you if you miss something it can be quite a, a big clue or, a, or tell to the series and i think probably one of the, the best ways I've heard um, Bosch actually described to me is as a LA noir cop show. So sort of and it just that's kind of
0: mm.
1: kind of old yeah. school, gritty. And, you know, we've said it before. I think I the the trailer for Bosch will do nothing for you. But I think mm. you it's one of those shows I actually think you need to give it a go for a couple of episodes to see whether it's for you. Um, but I think once you're in, that really
0: hooked you in that's right and all of those characters you know come together really really well i think the one of the things they've had throughout all the seasons is those five main characters of of you know bosch edgar uh billets maddie bosch the daughter and irving um lance reddick as irving is just fantastic and i'm obsessed with the way he he has these scenes when this is gonna sound really weird over a podcast i realize i've started so i'm gonna to have to finish but he does this thing where he looks he always has sideways side sideways glances with um his eyes like he's sort of standing looking in one direction and he'll look at the character he's always deliberately sort of staring out of the side of his eyes he's got these really real intense stare it's he's great i love i love lance reddick
1: i i agree there's so many great characters in bosch and I think what you come to realize pretty quickly again something we said before is there's the whole story of Bosch is about these sort of eight different characters and it's not you they're not just surface level characters each one of those characters has a, has a backstory you're invested in what they're doing you're invested in kind of their goal or their outcome or how they interconnect with other characters and yeah I think Lance Riddick is such a fantastic character and his disapproving looks uh incredible yeah incredible he he could he could scold you with disappointment with one raised eye and you would not live it down for years i
0: I feel like if 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 you're listening to this and you're a manager of people you want to watch this and learn some tricks from 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 irving as to how to look at your employees because he does it he does it brilliantly and um something that i know we've talked about before but i'll mention one more time because I really want to push for this podcast uh is the opening credits um it's right up there it it's one of those ones that visually never gets boring to watch it's such a simple effect where they just simply right through the middle of the screen they mirror the you know the top half with the bottom half and it's just a mirror reflection and it's just it just it's visually really aesthetically really uh, pleasing and then of course the um the great theme song can't let go um by the band quarter ghost uh really catchy um so yeah that top 10 tv intros it's 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 going to be in the mix
1: oh yeah i think we've got to do that soon um because every time we talk about it i just start thinking of some of my favorite tv shows with a good intro and i think this is something we're on where if it's got a good intro like they've invested heavily in it, good soundtrack, good graphics, however they bring it in, it's often sort of a good tell that this this show is going to be good. And when you – it actually sometimes annoys me on Netflix when you're watching sort of episodes back to back and it skips the intro and you actually want to – you actually don't want to skip the intro. You want to like – because part of kind of getting like hyped up into the show is like I I love the music, I love the theme song, whatever it might be.
0: Yeah, and I think one of the things that Bosch does cleverly to avoid that is in terms of it being skippable is that it's inserted a couple of minutes into the episode and it's it really sets the theme. And uh, yeah, anyway, I won't go on yeah. about that. That too much, but my last two things, uh, once again, uh, I won't go into Transformers again because we've done that enough. But Seinfeld, we're at that uh end of season four, season five, Matt, now, and it is so strong, honestly. To anyone who's never watched Seinfeld before, if you're not sure, it, just jump in mid season any way you like, season four. And if you're not hooked after an hour, I guess the show is not for you. But, um, for us, you know, my wife and I have so much new stuff that we want to watch, and we so rarely permit. <laughs> A rewatch you know you talk about the rules and regulations in your household you know, the rules and regulation in this household are pretty strict as well like if we're going if you're gonna do a rewatch it really has to tick all the boxes so for a show that has 180 episodes you know um, Seinfeld does tick those boxes um, I've even changed my ringtone uh, to, to the Seinfeld theme because I hate phone calls but at least you know if someone has the audacity to actually call me um, at least I get the satisfaction of, of, of hearing the theme tune
1: it's funny because with your rewatch of Seinfeld and um, regular nightly Snapchats, it's, it's really bringing back that nostalgia factor for me. And I actually just got a, a text message from my mum yesterday who's saying, oh, I've started rewatching Seinfeld, I forgot how good it was. And I was like, w- when did my mum become a Seinfeld fan? And I can't have um, the co-host or half me just watching Seinfeld and having a great time, and my mum, so i have th- sort of jumped back in as well. I've started from the beginning, pretty much watching it similar to you I guess as a bit of a, a palette cleanser at the end of the end of the night. Only just started last night, so I'm um, two episodes in. It's it's the nineties were a wild time. That's right. It, it wasn't that wasn't long ago, but there's definitely like, the technology, the filming, the yeah. um the fashion, the jokes, it's wild. It's a wild time.
0: I love it and so, and so much of the story is is around the fact that when they're in when they're separated from each other they can't get in touch with each other and things go wrong of course you couldn't have that in this day and age with with mobile phones so it's uh, it's it's great that that comedy existed within that time frame it's 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 so good and my last my last one just quickly before I hand over to you properly uh we so we we finished up a number of shows we finished up you know brooklyn Nine and atypical and other other comedy shows and so we we had room for another paddock cleanser if you like and so uh after a long long wait we've started up community so we're just a few episodes in to the season one because now it's on netflix again that's it's all about the accessibility I, I seem to you know always miss these shows first time around but uh it seems really, really strong. The cast seems extraordinary. And, the you know, it's, uh, yeah, I can see this being a, a, good, a good watch for as long as it runs.
1: That's interesting because we've had that conversation where I think we've both tried to watch Community in the past and it hasn't really stuck. Um, so I wonder whether sometimes with these shows, because I feel like the number of people who like, I don't know, the office Nine 99 community etc they feel very similar shows so i it's interesting to hear you say that and it makes me think maybe at some point it's i've got no room for it on my watch anywhere on my watches at the moment but maybe i need to think about it too so i'd be interested to hear your thoughts on on that show as the seasons progress
0: mm, great sounds good and finally as i hand over to you uh, i have watched one more show which was we finished off breeders but i know we're, we're going to have a little chat about that right
1: um there was one movie i thought you might have watched um i was just wondering how you're tracking with the fast and the furious series on your watch list and whether you've started that um
0: mostly done mostly done no, nicely done. no uh, we we haven't watched it as yet still i i believe it is sitting on the watch list so what i need to do is get access to that watch list and remove from watch list and uh put that to bed
1: I think, Paul, what you need to do is you need to keep it on the watch list, and you need to text me when you watch that movie, and then I'll watch it too at the same time. And the next time we have a half measures, we can we can do a deep dive into Fast and the Furious, one of the greatest movies you know, of all jo-
0: time. All jokes aside, and it's dangerous to discuss ideas on air if they're not good, but we could do this thing where we both pick a movie that the other person has to watch. Um, yeah, that's so that true. A conversation about it. So uh, I feel like I know what you're picking for me. Um, I'm going to have a Maybe we could have that. like
1: a, it could, it could be like a homework session, right? Go and watch okay. this movie then we'll talk about it uh, next week. So, um, great, great. Over to you, Dan. So, well, I feel like I've got a bit to talk about. Okay. So last week um, we talked a little bit about Homeland and we talked about how, you know, my partner was, I want to watch it from the beginning. I was like, oh, God, I don't know if I've got the stamina to go back. I'm already up to season seven. Uh, it's obviously, I sort of watched it throughout the years. Um, but in a, in a moment of weakness, shall we say, I said to it. all right, let's give it a go. And I thought, we'll start from season one. And if it feels too painful, I'll probably bow out of it, but let's give it a go. So, Bearing in mind that we just recorded an episode of Half Measures podcast seven days ago. Mm. We are now almost at the end of season three. So 12 episodes <laughs> per season between working a full-time job um, and lockdown, we've just about watched, what, 36 hours of Homeland, um,
0: I I don't both, know how that's possible. I am both equal parts impressed and strangely enough equal parts angry that you are able to foster that much time and actually be able to focus on that much television that i feel because i feel like i've had a good week of watching stuff you know and diana and i will say at the end of the evening oh yeah we managed to watch this this and this that's a real win for us it seems like you're just you've set the bar exceptionally high well done
1: and it's it's and like there's there's um obviously as you mentioned before the rules and regulations around this. So my partner she, she likes to go to bed at a, at a reasonable time. Like there's no, um like ten o'clocks so definitely the limit. So there's restrictions on like when we start and when we watch. But I think we're we're solidly getting in, four ish episodes a night uh, where possible. And in the weekend obviously we've been able to do a serious amount of binging. But I. And I have to give credit to her and credit to you, Paul, because you, you've long been a fan of Homeland. Um, and, I, and I've always enjoyed it, but I've I, like I, I've enjoyed it, but I've never rated it up there. It is one of the greatest TV shows I have ever watched. And it is a fantastic rewatch. And in my mind, I kind of – I didn't think I had the stamina to go back through all of the Brody storylines and the um, – no. Izzy is he is is he is he a, a, a terrorist? And I think the thing is, watch it, binge watching it. It actually took away a lot of that pain I had from watching it in real life. However many years ago it came out, because there, there's not sort of the turmoil between episodes, and so I think combined with kind of knowing what's happened. So, look, seasons one and 2 10 out of ten, I absolutely loved it. Season three. Uh, still good but it hasn't hooked us as much but we 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 well, i know there's some good stuff coming so i can't wait to kind of get to the end of season three um but yeah you you said you think it's going to be a good a good rewatch. it really is and i would put it up there with the breaking bads the the vertical souls like it's it's that good
0: it's look i I've, i i'm really pleased that you went back and that you you took the advice because uh it's I think the benefit you're getting here, which I've never had, is is by binging it. Like Bosch, it's quite a complicated show. And season to season, what Diana and I have found is unless we sort of watch like a season recap video just before we start a new season, there's so much that you can forget. So going from season to season just fluidly, like episode after episode, I think this is one of the shows that could be – one of the best to binge of all time so and now that it's the final episode's dropped you're on the home straight all the way through i dare say the pace you're going it could be i don't know it could be, it could be this this time next week you could have finished the whole thing
1: <laughs> yeah and i think and this is this is where the something dangerous has happened for us because we were we would just started Bosch season six and this Homeland thing kind of came in. And I, I remember saying, we need to go back and finish Bosch, but we've just been so hopped into Homeland, switching back into Bosch is just too hard. Mm-hmm. So we've kind of got it on, I guess, on hold, But it's and it's not to give any discredit to the service. I think I think because again, we just watched so much Bosch and then just got a, the appeal of something new um, drew us in. So we do need to finish um, Bosch. But just one more thing on Homeland is, I think to your point like it is a complicated story and I had really forgotten how all of these different pieces came together and I think to be honest if I had to explain the story before watching it it would have been all over the place but it was really cool to see how Quinn um, comes into the story to see his sort of relationship um, arc and how that builds up to really get a bit more of a a different appreciation for the Carrie Brody relationship. So it was just such a a fantastic character
0: yeah um how how good is his walk Yeah, when when Saul Berenson is angry his walk from place to place I love that walk it's
1: great so in season three my favorite thing is where they've just announced the the new director of the CIA and Saul's interacting with the um the senator who's about to become the director and he Mm -hmm. locks him in the conference room and turns the lights off on him incredible what a power move and I think it's really made me enjoy as well I think the thing with soul and and, Carrie is, and I think it's actually referenced in one of the episodes Sol brings with him this cold war era spy espionage type factor and mm-hmm. it's about like losing tails it's about like infiltrating the enemy and it's not always about um lots of technology and drones and video footage it's, it's actually about some real like nuts and bolts of being a spy i think that's what makes that
0: show really awesome and his relationship with 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 kerry because of course kerry is as we know is brilliant and is a great you know great at her job but then she also has all of these personal issues that she's constantly going through and so that relationship with saul is kind of like a he trusts her but at the same time he knows she's something of a liability and so has to keep her in check and um Mm. yeah when when, you know mandy Mandy Passenkin, Paten- is that how you pronounce his last name? Uh, who plays Saul Berenson? Uh, when he is angry, he's the best. I, I'm gonna. I want to find a YouTube clip of all the angry Saul scenes together because I just think that would be really worthwhile watching.
1: Agreed, agreed. So that's pretty much consumed a lot of my spare time. Um, I guess so. Combined with, so just started Seinfeld last night. I have still been occasionally watching an episode of Rebels as well, just to keep that fire burning, um, still very much enjoying those shows. But yeah, look, it's been, it's been hectic. It's been hectic with, and I think that's going to be as we start to move back into normality with life, I imagine some of the, this watching might die down a little bit, um, mm-hmm. but we'll see, we'll see what happens. I think for you, you're like you were mentioning, um, I think that transport watching, you know, on the train will come back potentially which will be a good thing but I think just I hope losing a bit of time in our lives with uh, just commuting back and forth from work and being home to make dinner and all that type of drama you know there's not quite so many hours left to to be watching.
0: Agreed the alarm's gonna have to go off earlier.
1: I, I dread that I've really got myself out of that alarm mode. So um, a, a new segment that we thought we we should start bringing into the Mishes the podcast is a Industry news. So, obviously, we, we talk about new things that pop up every now and again. But and there's obviously in the entertainment sector, there's there's new news, breaking news, rumors, new trailers, mm. things happening, things kind of stopping and starting. And so we thought we might just sort of uh, each each time we have a podcast is actually just share some of the highlights that we've we've come across of the week. So I guess the the first one that we have to acknowledge after. Talking about so much Seinfeld is the unfortunate loss of Jerry Stiller this week.
0: Mm. So yeah, so, oh, Ge- really sad, eh?
1: Yeah, re- well, yeah. So, so he was what was he ninety two, I believe. Correct. Yep. Ninety two. So, um, so he plays uh, George's dad in uh, Seinfeld.
0: Frank Frank Costanza, the angry Frank.
1: Incredible, incredible character. So um, yeah, yeah, like a a really great actor. I, I've seen on Twitter. There's been lots of great homages to, um, I guess, what a a great person and great I, I guess character actor. He's he's been, um, and he, he still pops up in all sorts of movies. He pops up in, in quite a few of his son's uh, Ben Stiller's movies as well, like The Land and yeah. So he he pops up in all, all around the place, but special shout out.
0: Nice, nice, nice shout out, Dan. And I, I feel like so much of his career, actually, or his early career, is really unknown to me. Like, I feel like I knew him basically as as Frank. Um, and as you say, the only other sort of things were, were those movies with, with Ben Stiller. The one that stood out to me the most, actually, for, from those was The Heartbreak Kid, uh, right. where he actually plays Ben Stiller's dad, uh, who just turns up randomly in the movie, giving him really vulgar advice about how to how to be successful in love shall we say um but you know of course frank costanza so many i was reading up there was like an article on like some of the best things and best scenes that he had and best quotes and of course the big one for me was always you want a piece of me and what i haven't dis- discovered is was he the first person to ever say that like did he come up with that saying i feel like that's the first time i ever remember it being said on screen you want a piece of me and then i think elaine takes a swing at him uh, yeah great actor great character <laughs>
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, also, just sort of like looking around around the traps of the of the internet, it looks like a few movies are starting to be rescheduled to be put back into theaters. I see that they're looking at having uh, the new Disney Mulan movie is scheduled to come out in late July, which is interesting. Interesting, I think, because I know that in here in New Zealand, movie theaters are allowed to open back up. Um, there will be some social distancing rules. Uh, put in place around that, but yeah, I, I do wonder, Paul, is is the world ready for sort of like movie theaters again? Is that something that you'd consider going to at the moment? Uh, look,
0: I, I think I would if, as you know, the the distancing was in place. I don't necessarily feel. I think to give context to where we live as well, New Zealand feels that we shut down the borders so long ago, and at the moment. Mm there's like 80-something active cases in the country and we're opening up compared to places like the UK and France and Italy that are opening up uh, and they've got such high number of cases. I feel like we've been really careful. So for me, it's not actually going to be about how safe do I feel. It's about what title is out. So if, if James Bond, which we know it won't, but if it had been coming out, you know, this week or next week, I'll be there. I'd be there. Simple as that.
1: I think that's a good distinction, actually, because I think here in New Zealand, it feels um, quite a bit safer. I guess I'm more thinking on that that global scene. It'll be interesting to see um, from a financial return point of view, and I guess Mulan might be the interesting test. Because with so many movies delayed, A Quiet Place 2, Wonder Woman, Black Widow, James Bond, this might be kind of the litmus test to see whether actually are people up for it? Is it going to work? um or do we need to actually delay further so i think it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens there i also saw yeah, no, um, also if they'll, I to go
0: ahead dan no, no 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 sounds like no carry on okay uh i was gonna i wonder if they'll do staggered releases <laughs> across the world um in terms of release dates because uh you know often movies get but some of the big blockbuster movies typically get released at the same time. And I wonder if they'll have to start saying, okay, so this, this, this continent or this country is open. So we'll release it there. But then is that fair on the rest of the world when suddenly all of New Zealand's online spoiling everything that happens in the movie? I don't know.
1: Yeah, look, that's a, that's a really good point. Um, I feel like with so many of these properties they really like to keep the storylines and, and some of the story arcs close to their chest. So I, I can't imagine they're going to want to, mm. and kind of co- probably complicated from a distribution point of view is I, it's not like the stupid, there'll be a middleman that kind of works out the distribution of how these um, films get around the place. So yeah, look, I think yeah. it's going to be a, a messy and interesting space and it'll be, you know, we've talked about this um, in, in previous episodes, but I think there's going to be a bit of a, a backlog of movies that have already been produced but need to be put out. But then there's going to be this drought because of, I think, the lack of filming, the number of productions that have shut down, they have been mm. shut down because of coronavirus, um, which means that we're actually not going to get those movies until potentially um, 2022, 23, etc. So it'll be interesting times.
0: Thank goodness. Thank goodness! There's so much content to watch. It, gives, it almost feels like I have a chance to catch up.
1: I agree. I can finally finish Rebels. I can finally finish season six of Bosch. It'll be fine. I don't sure. have to get through. Um, I also see, I don't know whether you've sort of been following any of the drama with the New uh, new Mutants movie. Well, that's one of the, the I guess it's one of the the final X-Men movies in the sort of yep. series to come out. And so that's a, a movie that's been plagued with, um various release dates Uh, I I think it's from what I've read it's it's had about two years with a different scheduled release dates and fallen Mm. over for various reasons so apparently that's now set to come out in August and that's which is going to be interesting because it's kind of a you know a Marvel movie which has um, it's got a bit more of a a light horror feel uh, or vibe to it and given that it's had so many um, release issues it actually makes me wonder whether it's going to be any good especially given the quality of the last Marvel movies that have recently come out. So, yeah. sorry, not Marvel, the last X-Men movies that X-Men. have come out. Yeah. 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 Oh, sacrilege. I can't say that. No, I, no, guess, no, I mean, X-Men, no, X-Men. The
0: X-Men movies. Yeah. I, I think they have been pretty low powers we've talked about, but uh, I, I saw the the tweet from the X-Men movies account about, you know, the the new mutants and uh, yeah, I just wonder when projects drag on for so long, um, what does that do to the quality like something like avatar two three four and five like that feels like it's been been going on for i don't know it's like it, how, how can it be relevant now i, I don't know
1: it, well i think you know ever Avatar 2 is a really interesting one isn't it because it's been it's what it's been probably what 10 years almost since mm. um the first avatar and it was such a, a big deal when it came out, but is the appetite still there? Like, why has it taken so long?
0: Yeah, and I guess just to clarify what I meant before when I said is it still relevant, What I, I didn't mean the film, I meant that if they've been doing something for so long, is what they were doing back in 2012, 2013, 2014 – yeah, you know, how much of how much of use is that to making the film today? Because I think if Avatar Two was advertised, I think the appetite would be there. I, I do believe the appetite would be there because I did enjoy that movie, and I do want to see what happens next. But uh, just the length of time, just yeah, just like this, this New Mutants movie, it's just seems crazy.
1: And it it does make me worried. I think that I think sitting so on a movie like New Mutants with you know you've got quite a few big stars in that movie, and there's got to be a rationale for why that hasn't been pushed through right because you don't sit on a, a big budget movie and not release it. So I, I guess it says to me that there's probably some underlying concerns, and maybe what they might find with this movie, if there's a lack of other things coming out at that time, maybe people will be hungry for it, and it might actually do better than they, and that might be the rationale behind it, but who knows. Agreed. But um, one other bit of news I want to talk about before I, I hand over to you to talk about um, a few things that you've found. I come across an article which which I found through a reddit post and I do have to say this is largely a rumor but I want to get on board the hype train and just talk about it a little bit so it's an article that talks about daredevil season four and just just to clarify around that so it's pure rumor it's um, it's been given by a source which is apparently known to be a little bit mixed in terms of the, the credibility. Um, but what the adult goes the into quite a bit of detail talking about, I guess, you know, everyone was, most people are quite, I guess, upset that um, obviously Daredevil isn't going to continue on Netflix, as with Jessica Jones, Punisher, mm-hmm. etc., um and there's a whole bunch of rationale for that but what's really interesting about the article is and it's kind of long been rumored that another streaming service could actually pick up the the daredevil franchise and so and the other article talks about hulu picking that up and what's really interesting about it is no one has specifically spoken to um charlie cox who played daredevil um, and asked him to be part of it. He is very keen to be part of Daredevil. We know that um, okay. Marvel. We know that Marvel is um, likes Charlie Cox as Daredevil. They don't necessarily mm-hmm. like the direction that Netflix went in. And so, with the the new merger um, of, I guess, Marvel and Disney, what there is appetite for, and what this article alludes to, is that there would be appetite for Charlie Cox and several of the other, I guess, key cast members, um, which I guess could include some of those other other characters that we just talked about, mm-hmm. actually coming back into a, a sort of a, a soft reboot of those franchises. And so not this is really a season for following the story that we've had, but a, a continuation of those characters um, playing playing those roles that we really liked. And I'm pretty excited by that, and it feels like a possibility. Now, I think the, the reason I've got a bit of trust in this article is there's basically, and I remember this when they decided to, I guess, cancel or or not um, produce any additional seasons of the of the Netflix um, Marvel TV shows, is that those contracts basically said that there's going to be a, a two-year um, uh, hiatus window where no one was allowed to do anything, and so that two-year right. window. Yeah expires in November. And so basically, there's all this kind of talk and chatter about it, but from a legal point of view, no one can actually start doing anything, start offering roles, start putting things on the table. But potentially, what it could mean is in November, some conversations could actually start with uh, people like Charlie Cox, And we could be talking about seeing Daredevil on the, on the small screen again.
0: Look, that really excites me. Um, and the idea of what you've just described, I think could work quite well. Uh, I, I think the only example I can think of, and this is a poor example, but I'm going to go with it, is is Arnold Schwarzenegger as Terminator has played, you know, when you think of Terminator, you think of Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he has played that character in the, you know, one, two, three, four, and then the, the, the Genesis movie. And then he came back and made Dark Fate, which was a reboot. And, it's different universes or different timelines but with the same character and with the same actor and everyone just accepted it and there was no big confusion or and so i think if what you're describing there feels like all of those characters you know from iron fist jessica jones punisher could easily come back and be rebooted with the same cast and i think you may actually get a you know you'll get new 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 watchers on board anyway because people which is discovering and you may get some of the previous um audience people like you and I who will appreciate it because they loved the interpretation of those characters by those actors um so I think I think that's a great idea and I hope the rumor's true
1: yeah and I think what's really interesting about it is I think there's um obviously Hulu has kind of been identified as the is the platform for the slightly i guess more mature content because disney plus already has a a whole bunch of um marvel tv shows coming out um the um the loki tv show one division the um uh the winter soldier um the falcon and winter soldier tv show so there's a whole bunch of stuff coming out but i think we're daredevil and punisher and jessica jones they kind of fit into a slightly darker universe. Like, like, I think they can link to the universe, but they've got a, a darker story to tell. And I think having um, having them on a, a different platform that's still associated to Disney um, kind of gives them the ability to make sure that whole Marvel universe is interconnected. Um, but they're, I guess, keeping it safe from a, a I don't know, a, a viewer shareholding's point of view on the Disney Plus side of things, which is pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Look, the, cool. it's inspiring me to go watching a whole bunch of Marvel stuff as well because I, uh, embarrassingly, on this podcast have to admit that I am not fully up to date on the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe offering. I haven't seen some of the big films that are out there, and I, I think, I, I love the TV shows so much uh, that if those universes are going to come together a bit, I'm keen to to get amongst all of it.
1: It's um, look, and I think I. I'm constantly wanting to rewatch things, but uh, I think Daredevil for me is is on my rewatch list at some point. I, I really enjoyed those first uh, three seasons, so I guess yeah, definitely a show I'd love to watch again, and I guess have a bit of a, a conversation about it, actually on the on the podcast one day. Nice. So, so Paul, have you got any uh, news that you've come across that's piqued your interest?
0: Yeah, there's been a you know again. So much of the, the stuff is is rumor so you, you you don't want to get too too excited but one one quick one for those uh those those Star Trek listeners out there uh, Anson Mount who plays Captain Pike in discovery uh, made some changes to his Twitter profile um, that's got everyone very excited because there's been a lot of we talked about just to go back a step, we talked about fan pressure, about you know bring back the Clone Wars, and we got the Clone Wars. There's been a lot of talk around, um, so much love for the character of Captain Pike in the series Discovery. We want a Pike series. We want a Pike series. That it feels like, unless there's some evil people out there, it feels like we may get a Captain Pike Star Trek series. And just again, I know you you're fully versed, Dan, but just for those people out there who aren't. Uh, before there was Captain Kirk, there was Captain Pike. So that that ship, the Enterprise, was captained by someone before William Shatner, and this was Captain Christopher Pike. And this is this Captain Pike dad, or Dan? I'm just, no. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just messing with people. Yep. Yeah,
1: That's,
0: yeah. No, we all know that. Uh, we all know that Captain Kirk's dad is Thor, um, played by Chris Hemsworth. So. Uh, uh, that would have come out for you in the first movie of course um so that was quite exciting and i'm not paying too much attention to it because um it was one of those things where everyone got on board oh, give us a series and now they look like they might it seems too good to be true so let's not let's not talk about it too much the other one which has come out um is is around the number of rumors that are in the in the star wars space um for the mandalorian so um, the Mandalorian Season 2, uh, casting rumours. We talked last week when we were talking about Clone Wars about you know Ahsoka Tano could could come uh, into that series. Um, we had a, a tweet reply from at White Star Prime, our friend Ash, uh, who talked about the character development of Ahsoka has been so well-structured that, it would be very interesting to see her in The Mandalorian. And look, he's spot on. I think if that rumour is true, having her in The Mandalorian would be fantastic. But having alongside her um, characters such as Captain Rex and Boba Fett show up. Now, that was one of the big rumours that came out this week. And uh, the the actor to play that character, can you guess who it is then?
1: Oh, not in a thousand years could I guess. Would it be, you know, maybe someone who the the kinds were based on, someone from Shortland Street? Oh, I don't know.
0: Or... And someone who is now perfectly aged to play that character. If you think about uh, what Captain Rex looks like in Rebels, um, presuming you may have seen. Him. Um So yeah, so having uh, Mr Morrison from New Zealand return to that role would be quite exciting if, if indeed that room is true. And the the final rumor that's come out again within that space of the Mandalorian, uh, Sabine Wren, character from Rebels, um, possibly showing up in the Mandalorian alongside Bo Katan. Now, Bo Katan, the one thing that dif- makes her rumor slightly different to all the other rumors uh, is that the character is voiced by by Katie Sackhoff from uh, from Battlestar Galactica and other such shows. Um, she would play that role, as the rumour tells, uh, in in the live-action series. So all those other characters, um, well, maybe it's a little bit different, I guess, with uh, with Boba Fett, but um, in terms of Ahsoka, in terms of Sabine, um, those sort of uh, characters would be played by someone else, but um, Bo-Katan would be played by, by Keddy Sackhoff, so which is good to have that continuity, if it's all true. It's, it,
1: it's interesting, isn't it, because... You know, we talked about in Mandalorian Season 1 who was the person that walked up to that that body in the desert and we talked about whether that was uh, Boba Fett with the, the jingle of the boots and I feel like this, this is all coming together for me.
0: I, I remember, because it was you who 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 told me about, you know, the internet chatter about, oh, listen listen closely to the jingle of the boots. And then I did. I went away and I listened to Empire Strikes Back and I played back the sound and it was identical. And I thought, nah, surely not, surely not. But it could be true. But, you know, let's say it's true. Let's say Boba Fett's coming into the series. How are they going to use him? Are they going to use him for one episode, two episodes? Are they going to kill him off once and for all? Because obviously he survived the Sarlacc pit. And, uh, you know, the, the internet is screaming, you know, all the fans, I knew it. We knew that he'd survived the Sarlac Pat, right?
1: I, I don't think you can... I I don't think they'd kill off a, a character as, as popular and as big as Boba Fett. I I think that what's interesting about this is there's been so many... And as you say, these, these are all rumours, but there's been so much casting news about all of these potential characters that could come into the Mandalorian season two. But I think the Mandalorian... Like, it is about... It is about the Mandalorian, and I I do worry that if we have too many um, mainstream callback characters, it it could feel a little bit disjointed, because I think throughout season one, although we both really enjoyed it, they did start a lot of different story arcs, which I think they're going to come back to and need to be tidied up. And I... I do hope that they are cautious in bringing in too many mainstream characters, but don't get on, on the same at the same token, I would freak out and love to see Ahsoka in live action. I would love to see Boba Fett come back. So I kind of say that with caution, but there there is a lot of news swirling around uh, for the Mandalorian season two, which I'm pretty hyped for.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's pretty excited. Um, I think yeah, I don't have anything else news wise that's worth discussion i don't think
1: uh cool okay so um just before we go into talking a little bit about uh breeders which we've both just finished watching is there anything in the mailbag this week or
0: Uh, it's quite a week in the mailbag but there was a a couple of things we've been having some good good traffic on a tweet about the the platform movie that you and i Uh, both watched and enjoyed i've had the the writer the producer and the main star all um like our tweet and retweet which was nice uh the other thing we had was a message uh someone who uh, identifies as davros dave uh, on twitter sent us a dm uh, and this is regarding our talk about the clone wars and he says cool pod uh but it's not the only time that Star Wars has run an animated show alongside movie events. They did this already with the animated show Resistance by inserting Force Awakens scenes, and that's very true. And I appreciate the message, Dan. I, I, this way, I, Dave, I, I do, I do recall that watching Resistance where uh, the, the scene with General Hux uh giving his speech you know the famous shouting speech to all the troops is played and the resistance uh, are seen watching that scene and there's there's elements of that that then feed all the way through to the last jedi so good point um i was wrong i've been i've been corrected not for the first time on this podcast um and uh so look i think i think when i talk about the clone wars versus how i talk about resistance and I'm, i say this with all due respect to resistance the, the Resistance series is a little bit of a, a more junior orientated show uh, compared to Clone Wars, which feels, as we've talked about, really adult and really spectacular action scenes. And so I probably shouldn't, but I probably do classify those two animated shows a little differently in my mind. But, um, but great to have someone... Uh, get in touch and, and point that out. And I also had uh, a WhatsApp message from someone else who corrected me on the uh, pronunciation of the, the the person who does the score for Clone Wars and Rebels, who I was giving so much compliments to, uh, Kevin Kevin Kiner is his name, and apparently I <laughs> I called him Kevin Kleiner and I must have got confused with the actor the actor Kevin Kleiner. I don't, so uh, yeah, apologies to Kevin who may well be listening to this for getting the name wrong. So there we go. Yes. I've been corrected again.
1: Well, I think the clues in the title pool. It's a it's a half measure. It's not always going to be a full measure, but we we do our best. Hundred um, percent correct. But yeah, look if you uh, if you catch us out um, saying the wrong thing um misquoting things which i know we we were both talking before this episode started that we've both uh had moments of cringe where we're like oh why did i say that that's not quite right and it's you kind of think about it afterwards so yeah get in touch with us so um you know reach out to us on on twitter or flick flick us a dm or whatever you like so we're always always keen to jump into the mailbag so um this week, Paul, um, I know we've actually we've, we've spent quite a bit of this podcast talking about actually news and, and things going on, but we did want to have a, a bit of a quick chat about the TV show Breeders, which is a, a show that we only discovered a, a couple of weeks ago. Um, I think I flicked you a message about it, thinking it would be right up your alley. Um, a comedy drama i i'm unsure what the second word i would use to kind of uh define this movie this tv series is but basically a 10 10 episode tv show starring martin freeman uh the basic premise is he has got a couple of kids and it's kind of an inside look at what it's actually like to be a parent and it's kind of the behind closed door view of just trying to live your life in a modern day world and keep your kids under control and keep everything moving. Um, but yeah, we've both just watched it. So what did you think, Paul?
0: I, I don't really know um, what to say because I did the same thing that you did. Um, as soon as you told me about it, you know, my wife and I sat down and watched the first episode and we were just in tears of laughter. And so I immediately messaged three people and said, "Breeders, it's on neon. Check it out. It's hilarious. It's great." And I've had to go back to at least one of them, uh, who I would say is perhaps more sensitive than the other two, uh, and say, "Hey, this show gets pretty dark. Just so you know." Um, because are, are we gonna are we gonna dive into true spoilers? Should we should we just go in? I mean, ah,
1: uh, yeah. Look, let's jump in. If you like, feel warning. If you haven't watched, um... If you haven't watched Breeders, we're going to dive into the spoilers. But yeah, if you're if you're up for some laughs, maybe check it out. But do be aware that it gets into some pretty serious topics as well.
0: Yeah, look, jumping ball. Still... So my my perception of the show was that I was laughing at it, but such serious things were occurring that are not in any way funny, and they were they were relatively. Not, I don't want to use the word graphic, but they were. They were quite central and explicit. So, um, so Ali, the uh, Martin's uh, partner, her father, played by the the brilliant Michael McKean, um, who we know and love as Chuck from Better Soul. Saul. So I was really excited to have him in it for five episodes. But the reason he only did five episodes is because he got wiped out by a car, and we saw that in in exquisite sort of detail as he was walking across the street. And it's then all about how she deals with the grief of losing her father and there's there's humor that can come through that in 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 many ways but the direction it then goes off towards the end of the series for the last episode well last two episodes with the the child it's it's really serious stuff so this this kid of theirs um luke uh, is becoming seriously ill and i you know there's very few things in life that you can think of that are, are less yeah. you know not going to bring about less than a a child becoming very ill and having to go into a coma. But the show does something that even in amongst these scenes, it still pours out some great comedy moments. And so when Diana and I were watching it, we were kind of like, we're not knowing how to feel, how to react to it and how to classify. it. And it's we were watching it. I think think this is where the anxiety lies, um, particularly with Diana, is we were watching it as a palate cleanser. And so we were finishing our evening on this note and it's like, no, 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 this is not, this is not the show for that. So um, yeah, it's, it's fascinating. I love the the dynamic of those two things together, making it so awkward to watch. So uh, yeah, I feel like I've rambled now. I'm going to hand the, the talking stick back to you then.
1: I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head with this one, Paul, in the fact that it's not a palate cleanser. It's, you you need the Seinfeld or the Brooklyn Nine-Nine or the office afterwards to kind of um, reset and get back in sync. Because I think I did a similar thing to you where I watched the first episode and I instantly texted a few people I know who have kids and I thought, they're going to really love this. I bet their kids are a bit of a nightmare when they're trying to sleep or they've got an Mm -hmm. important meeting the next day. They're going to love it. Um, And then to have the show, I think when – when Michael, the father, dies in episode five or gets bogged by the car. Mm. That's almost kind of the turning point of the show because all of a sudden, well, it's not the only turning point, but it's it's one of the super dark moments of the show which I kind of felt like could be coming, but it came in such a graphic, hard-hitting way that it kind of caught me off guard, Um, not to mention when they have to deal with social services um the actual as you say that the, the actual well-being of these of these kids how um how are dealing with the grief i think and it, it constantly kind of has it kind of plays with your emotions because you know when they're in the hospital in the in the final couple of episodes there's so so many great moments where uh paul um who's Martin Freeman, who's pray, is praying to david bowie and mm-hmm. it, it's just so great like he he, he doesn't believe in any yeah, with an atheist I guess and he's um he's he's praying to Bowie and it, it's so good and then you know when things finally get better and he's all that's out the window again and he's back yelling at his kids it's you kind of can't help but laugh but you feel like you shouldn't be laughing because you've kind of been on a bit of a this emotional journey and it, I was just looking on Rotten Tomatoes actually to see what what do they define uh, this as and they've just got it down as a, as a comedy um, and it, it is a comedy. For half of it, um, yeah, it's a. I really same enjoyed
0: it. IM, same with IMDb. They've got it as a comedy on IMDb as well. So yeah.
1: It's got pretty good ratings too. It's got a um, an eighty two percent fresh rating. It's got a seventy one percent audience score. I think it's a show that i definitely watch season two. I'm really interested to see where they go with it next. Um, I'm not sure can they have as much heavy stuff in season two? I I, I, I don't know if it's even possible. Um, But I I, I think still at at its fundamental level, a really enjoyable, insightful look at, I think, you know, like when you think about things happen behind closed doors, like, you know, people say things that, like, they wouldn't say in public. The way that you might talk to your workmates might be quite different to the way that you talk to your partner. And Mm. and I think that's kind of the the funny bit about it for me is it's kind of this – what it's really like at home and and it's not necessarily in a in a bad or, or terrible way but it's just it's I think it's it started off as a, I think something that was going to be a comedy that was going to feel really good and it just turned into something really different and yeah. not, not for bad reasons but I think you just it is a show you need to go into and be in the right headspace because I can imagine it's <clears throat> it's probably not a show for everyone like if you've been through something traumatic if you've had a kid in hospital right. they're not Probably don't watch it. It's probably not going to make you
0: feel happy or laugh at all. No, that classic British dark humour goes places sometimes. And we've seen it before with Afterlife, obviously. That whole The premise of that whole show is around the grief there. Um, but something a little different with this one. Uh, I think with Afterlife, you know what you're getting right from the start. Whereas with this one, as you say, halfway through, it comes out of nowhere when suddenly Michael gets knocked over and you go on this journey. And I know what you mean about how you you when you're talking about how when when Paul's praying to Bowie and then you know the child does get better and during those those praying moments he said oh look if if he if he comes through I'll never swear at him again I'll never shout I'll be a good dad and then you know he's back at it again um as you say that's funny but it's not because you've been with him and you think well you should really if if you now have any sort of sense of self-worth and belief in terms of what you've just done you should be true to those things and uh it's nice that it finishes with him going to an anger management class uh, as it were it's um yeah it's it's really interesting how they're going to take season two what direction they'll go if if they'll bring because because in order to have that darkness dark events need to happen so what will they bring in to to maintain that
1: I think uh, that could actually be quite a, a funny angle for the show to go actually down there, the anger management path, and I actually think maybe bringing in a few other characters with uh, similar anger issues could be could be quite a bit of fun. I do have to give a, another shout-out um, to the people that play um, Paul's parents. And there's a scene I really love in there where um, Paul's dad um, takes Ava, the daughter, and basically like, looks after her and, Tries to make her some food, and the only food that she wants is like uh, chicken nuggets. And he's just got no idea what a chicken nugget is. Right. And I just thought it was just, it was just hilarious the way that like, you could just imagine, <laughs> just imagine a dad, like what the hell is a chicken nugget? And then when they finally come back around to that scene, and then and his wife came to explain to him what a chicken nugget is, and he's like, oh, that sounds delicious, so good. It sounds it sounds very mundane as I explain it, but I thought it was just so well done. It's, that's the thing. I just going to speak. I think it speaks to a. I, I think I think it's a TV show that is kind of almost kind of pitched at people. I would say sort of in their in their thirties and forties who kind of you know you you've got that new relation like a different type of relationship with your parents than you did when you were younger. Um, you are trying to balance um, work and family and your parents don't necessarily understand the world that you live and work in now and i think that that component of the show is so well done
0: that's that's really nicely framed up there dan i think Uh, you've hit the nail on the head yourself um that's a really good dynamic that is well explored and the characters paul's parents um that scene i think was one i was reflecting on that he starts off with eggs in his mind and he's got That's eggs. Right. He's like, should we have eggs? And then the daughter's like, I want nuggets. And then in the end, he's like, No, we're, we're having eggs. So uh, just a quick note, uh, there's elements of Ava, the daughter, that remind me very much of my own six-year-old daughter. And uh, so um that was really, really nice to watch because um yes, she's a she's a really nice little character, as opposed to Luke, who to be honest, He's a nice, nice enough little 10 year old kid, but he really pisses me off, if I'm honest. <laughs> so I felt really bad about that when he, when he came home. Well,
1: I really enjoyed too the. Um, this is in the first episode, I think, where he's talking to his son's really concerned about there being a fire in the house. And then Paul's trying to explain to him about, um, don't worry about fires. And then he accidentally starts talking about, like, um, open windows and burglars and then like it just it, it opens up all these new fears and he's just like he can't stop himself He just digs himself in deeper and deeper holes So I think from from that point of view, I think it's sort of a reflection It's I think if I knew some of the darker stuff was coming it wouldn't have hit me by surprise so much So look, I think it's it's still worth a watch I, I think that review on Rotten Tomatoes feels pretty good uh, To me sort of feel like around that yeah. sort of 70% is a is a good rating for it It's a pretty yeah apart from being heavy in points, it's only 10 episodes, really talking about 25-ish minute length for each each one. So get amongst.
0: And I think the the thing I enjoy the most, and in fact, I should give credit, it was my wife who, who said this, but really what really truly is funny about the show is when the kids are in bed and the adults are talking and they're talking honestly openly really explicitly the language is foul and then of course when the kids come in it's like oh it's okay honey oh no daddy daddy loves you and, uh, and then the kids are gone and straight away they're back into it that's that's very close to, at least to the reality that that we live with as parents and um that's when it's at its very best i think in terms of comedy so if you if you can handle as we said the uh, the the dark story and i think if if you're if you know if you're, if you're listening to this and you know going in you'll probably be more prepared than you and i were so uh yeah it's one for everyone to enjoy
1: awesome so that probably uh, just about brings us to the end of another episode of the half measures podcast so paul if people want to get in touch with us where would they do that
0: uh they can get in touch with us on twitter at half measures pod on Instagram at half measures podcast uh, and at half measures podcast, also on Pinterest, also on Tumblr, also on Facebook. <laughs> I mean, I don't know where it ends. Uh, yeah, probably keep it to Twitter and Instagram, if I'm honest, because I think the social media manager can't be bothered with the other accounts.
1: And we do have a, a pretty exciting, I guess, website in the works as well, which um, we hope to be, I guess, formally launching um, in the not too distant future. So, Keep an eye out for that one. But um, until on next. next week, it's uh, it's been another good one. Paul, oh, great to catch up. Great to hear that news. Great to have a convo with you. Be safe out there for Level 2. See you next That's week.
0: Right. And uh yeah, come back in seven days, and we'll find out what Dan thinks about the finale of Homeland, because the pace you're going, I reckon it's going to happen. So, uh, yep, yeah, we'll see you uh, next time. Thanks for listening, and take care.
1: Adios.